Allah Azza wa Jal mentions five criminal acts. Humaza, Lumaza, Jama'a Malan, right? Wa'addada, and Yahsab al-Husub, and al-Mal akhladahu, right? Al-Husban, and al-Mal akhladahu. Yahsabu anna malahu akhladahu. Five criminal acts. And when you study the end of the surah, Allah describes five descriptions of punishment. Hutama, Narullahi al-Muqada, Allati tattali'u ala al-Af'ida, number three, innaha alayhim muqsada, number four, fi amadin mubaddala, number five. Incredibly balanced surah. And an incredible way to strike fear into the heart of the one who is immersed in this kind of attitude. Allah says, no, not at all. You know, He says life, His wealth will give Him life. Allah refutes. He says, no, not at all. Rather, for sure, there is no doubt about it whatsoever. I'm using all these words for emphasis because there's la, la, and then there's two noons at the end. And then Allah says, He will definitely be thrown. And this is to throw something that has no value to you. This was the word used to describe Bani Israel when they threw Torah behind their back. They threw it behind their back because it had no value to them. This, is the, this person thinks he has all the value in the world because of what? His wealth. And by the way, one of the things I didn't mention, you know why he talks to people that way? Because he's got money. He thinks he can get away with Who's going to talk back to me? I could talk to my employee like that. I'm the major donor at the Islamic Center. Who's going to talk back to me? Without my contributions, the school won't survive. I can talk however I want. This donation is also, it's not only a blank check, it's a blank check for my tongue. Right? This is what he assumes. So now, at the end, he is valueless. He is thrown like trash. Fil hutama. In al hutama. In, in this uh, most despicable place. Him and his money will be thrown. You loved it so much, go. Live with it. You never wanted to let go of it, right? Okay, you won't let go of it ever. You can go get crushed with it together. <laughs> Subhanallah. Huwa wa maluhu. So, and by the way, fil hutama, by using the word fi, yaqtadi annahu mawdi'un lahu amiqun jiddan kal bi'r. By using the word fi, he will be thrown in it. It implies that this is a place that is very, very deep. That he'll be thrown way down in, in, a, in a deep ditch. It's also been recited. So there are three recitations. And then. Him and the people who helped him become this way. So the three interpretations. He himself, him and his wealth, and then him and his entire posse, his entire social circle. And the fire was called Hutama here. لِأَنَّهَا تَحْتِمَ الْعِظَامِ Because it crushes the bones حَتَّى تَصِلَ إِلَى الْقُلُوبِ Until it reaches the hearts. It's called hutama because it crushes bones and reaches to the hearts. How do we know it reaches the hearts? إِنَّهَا تَطَّلِعُ عَلَى الْأَفْئِدَةِ That's coming. الْمُوْقَدَةِ الَّتِي لَا تَخْمِدُ أَبَدًا Muqada implies a fire that will never ever go down. This is awesome. Muqada implies two things. One, it's lit by Allah's command. Allah commanded it and it got lit. Meaning Allah created it in a way that it remains that way. That the fire will enter into their limbs. Until it enters and reaches their chest. 
تَطَّلِعُوا عَلَىٰ أَفْئِدَتِهِمْ Then it will make its way above their hearts. وَلَا شَيْءٍ فِي بَدَنِ الْإِنسَانِ أَلْطَفْ مِنَ الْفُؤَادِ And there is nothing in the body of the human being that is more subtle and hidden than the fu'ad. It is protected by a ribcage. It's, it's, it's a cavity. It's one of the strongest bones in the body. It protects this thing. By the way, Allah created the human being in this way. The most important faculties are the most protected. Right? The, the, uh, the heart is protected and the mind is protected with the strongest bones in the, bar, in the by the body. But you know, the lips aren't protected, right? Because they can get you in trouble. They don't, they, don't need, they don't need protection. They actually need punishment sometimes, <laughs> right? So that which leads you into more sin, right? And the, the, the places of iman, the things that will save you are protected. But the places that land you into trouble are left open. <laughs> Subhanallah. Meaning it crushes the bones, it crushes the flesh, but it doesn't crush the heart. The heart feels the pain, it retreats, it makes it feel the pain again, it retreats, it doesn't consume the heart, subhanAllah. فَلِذَٰلِكَ يَقُولْ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ ثُمَّ لَا يَمُوتُ فِيهَا وَلَا يَحْيَىٰ That's why he won't die in it and he won't live because the, if the heart is gone, the life is gone. So it will keep going back and forth against the heart. Allah Azza wa Jal is extremely disappointed with the one he is addressing in this surah. That's why. That humas is behind the back, while Lumaz is in the face. So Humazah is someone who uh, says bad things about someone behind their back, which we also call ghibah. But they do it a lot, because of the way the word is spelled. And Lumaz is someone who insults them in their face. On a side note, you should know, there are people nowadays who say, at least I don't do it behind his back. Right? As though insulting someone to their face is an accomplishment. <laughs> that in and of itself doesn't constitute that you're a good person. That's still a pretty bad thing, because Allah is wreaking his destruction and, and uh, cursing not only those who do behind the back but also those who do in the face so it's not really an accomplishment or some higher social value that you've done this act of bravery humiliating someone else in public God. meaning cursing someone and laughing at someone would be included according to Zamakhshari inside Humaza cursing someone meaning using foul language against someone that's Allah'na uh, or, or you know literally cursing them like you know making dua against them that, that sort of thing and secondly, الضحكة, which is to laugh at them, to poke fun at them, and to use a condescending tone. Now, smiling at someone is different, and laughing at someone is different. And I think we're smart enough to know the difference. You know? And you know, you, a lot of times, you know what the really expert criminal mind does? They laugh at someone, and then when the person is insulted, you say, Wow, well, you don't want me to smile? What's the matter? Do you have something against happiness? So they have this attitude where they think they can get away with it simply because you know, uh, they're playing a smart uh, card. Who's actually saying wait? Allah is. Meaning instead of the makroob, instead of the one who has been anguished using the word wail, Allah comes to his defense. And Allah curses the person who had offended him. SubhanAllah. This is a very serious thing. Because usually, you know, in, in, in Islamic studies, we, we learn different things about the, the negative dua of someone against someone else. Right? So for example, إِيَّاكُمْ وَدَعْوَةَ الْمَظْلُومِ Famous hadith. Watch out especially uh, uh, for the, the dua made of the, the one who's been wronged, the victim. If the victim makes dua against you, watch out, right? Uh, this, is, you know, this is a very serious issue. Then on top of that, a more serious issue even, is when the angels are cursing someone. Right? This is a very serious issue. But on top of all of that is when Allah exclusively, Allah is the one who is saying wail against a person, how serious can that matter be? This is a very, very serious issue. Again, it's so, it's so important to highlight that because it's taken in the exact opposite way. It's taken so very lightly. Now that statement that human beings are in loss, 
This surah describes how bad can it get, meaning it's the worst kind of loss that's being described in Surah Tumaza. By some scholarly accounts, there is no worse description of hellfire given in the Quran than in the surah because Allah Azza wa takes a step further than He does anywhere else. Specifically when He says, Narullah. You see, when you say Nar, fire, and you attribute it to Jahannam, Nar Jahannam, right? Or Adab al-Hariq, Adab al-Sa'ir, these are all different descriptions of the same thing, of hellfire. But when you attribute it to Allah, then you've taken a step beyond anything else. You know, it's like comparing a fire made by me, a fire lit by me, versus a fire lit by someone who knows how to make a fire better than myself. Right? But now Allah is saying, the fire lit by who? By Allah, which means it's an incomparable kind of fire. It's fire beyond imagination and something Allah has Himself taken, uh, you know, uh, made special arrangements for. So the fact that he mentioned his name next to the fire, Lafdal Jalala, in and of itself constitutes that this is the strongest you know, surah of warning and, and terrorizing the warning of the hellfire. Shallow translation, the one who gathered wealth and counted it. That's the shallow translation. So what's the connection between the one who's always critical of people and the one who's gathering wealth? When the one who's always gathering wealth doesn't give any of it, so gets criticized by the people as being greedy. And he doesn't like being criticized. And the best defense is offense. Right? So before he can get, he can get to hear from someone, you should be more charitable, you should worry about, there are other things to worry about in life than money. Before he gets to hear that criticism, what does he constantly do? Constantly describing others' flaws. Engaged in being humaza or lumaza. Or both rather. Even, even worse, being engaged in both. Covering his own flaw of being indulged in his own wealth. Or her own wealth. This is the first thing. It's Allah is condemning this person. It's not a time to recite it nicely. This, Allah is not being nice to him. Right? He's being condemned. He's being scolded by Allah. And this zajr from Allah is supposed to in and of itself be terrorizing. Your wealth compared to the wealth that is out there in the world is nothing. So what is it that you're so proud of? It's haqir. How can it be for anyone of intellect that they'd be proud of something so minuscule? The other, the other way, looked, some ulama looked at it, they said, The entire utility of worldly life when compared to the next is nothing but a little. This is what you're proud of? This is really what you have to, you know, that you're so uh, full of yourself about. Compare this to his sa- the same person's attitude on the Day of Judgment. Allah says, on the Day of Judgment, nothing will benefit him. Even if he offers the weight of the entire planet Earth in gold, and tried to exchange that for his own salvation, gave that away, it wouldn't, it wouldn't benefit him. So what is he so proud of? It doesn't make any sense. And yakun al-murad, it can also mean that the meaning here is minhu ta'zim ay malun malan balagha fil khabth wal fasad aqsan nihayat. Also means that alladhi this this dham uh, uh, of it illustrates that he went by and and tried to gather wealth, whether those means be filthy or corrupt. He went to the farthest extends to get his money. And by the way, if you look, I'm not an economist, but I did study. I went to business school. One of the things we study is international business and multi-million dollar corporations and their behaviors and things like that. It's crazy the kinds of oppression that people do in the name of a buck. The kinds of oppression people do in the name of a dollar. Right? 
they, you know, these, these kinds of labor factories and things like that. We read of stories where like there's these child labor factories and they produce products that end up in malls in the United States, right? And they produce these things and child labor is being used to produce them. And if people try to get those kids out of there, they actually have money in their budgets to hire local militias to guard the factories so the kids don't escape. And that's part of their market, like their planning strategy. And until the UN or somebody intervenes, it's going to stay business as usual. And of course, you know, you pay the local politicians, whatever, so the news never gets out, the media never makes its way in, no documentary ever gets made, etc., etc. So they will go to the most extreme means, all in the name, in the end, of a few dollars. I mean, look at the oppression that has been caused in this country in the name of greed. Not even against people across the Atlantic. How many people have lost their homes in the name of greed? Now compare this to the Muslim mind. The Muslim mind is, you know, you have an old man who's already got a foot in the grave and he's planting a seed in the ground for a tree to grow. And you ask him, you're not going to be, you're not going to live long enough for this tree to grow. And he says, well, it will give somebody shade one day, sadaqa jariya for me. This is the mind of the Muslim, right? It's, that's what it's supposed to be. We think about how the future will be benefited. Not, you know, live, eat, sleep, drink and die. That's it, you know. This is, the, this is the, the reversal of thought. And that's really, when we read this stuff, we shouldn't just think about what's happening, you know, a millennium and a half ago. This is, these are realities of our time. These are, these are serious problems of our time. And unfortunately, just because we're Muslim, doesn't mean that we haven't been engrossed in the deepest depths of the black greed of capitalism. We ourselves have become really nasty capitalists ourselves. And we don't think about the greater good and serving society and building the kinds of institutions, right? We've become people of Allah, may Allah protect us from it and get us out of this mess.